Now, Lord, open up your word to us. Where we are blind, make us see. We are, where we're stumbling, give us sure-footedness. Where we're not hearing, open our ears. By your spirit, using your word. Let us see you and let us be transformed by you. In Jesus' name. On December the 16th, it was a Thursday, we had, Sheila and I had um, put on our calendar that we were going to travel to Springfield, Ohio to visit my mom and my sister and my brother. I got up on that day and I knew, and it was, it was, I, I was not feeling well. Um, and it, and most of you know that over the last 18 months, I've really struggled with intestinal stuff. The doctors haven't been able to find anything. And when it hits, it puts me on my back. And so I'm laying, I got up and I'm, I'm laying on the bed that's in my office at home because my office serves as a second guest room. And I'm laying there and not only did I, was I sick that way, but there was this overwhelming fatigue. And immediately it was triggered back to the time when I had COVID and I just had no energy. And I, so I'm laying there on my bed going, I'm, I, I need to go back and see my mom. I need to go back and she's, she's struggling in, in many ways. And so I'm laying there and praying and mostly whining. Do you ever do that with God? <laughs> God, I, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I can't do this. Please, God, I just... I just, I, and I'm thinking, how do I cancel all this? I, it's kind of the Christmas visit for my mom. Not only that, but it was a Thursday. And so I had my regularly scheduled a live stream from where God sits live stream. And I needed to get that done. And I'm laying there thinking, I can't, I just can't do this. And after God let me whine for a while, I heard him say this. Push through it, persevere with intensity. And my immediate response was going, but God, you don't understand. Um, yeah, I guess he does, because he, he's God. <laughs> Persevere with intensity. Now, there have been times when I, over the last 18 months, when I, I would get up, brush myself off, and kind of just make my way through it. But it was, it was just more kind of surviving and barely making it through. But this time, God included the word intensity intensity. Don't just make it through. What I didn't hear was, I will give you the strength to make it through. I heard him say, push, push hard, push through, persevere with intensity. That changes it. It changes it from surviving to thriving. It changes it from just barely dragging yourself through your day to doing it with a determination, almost a passion, because God told you to. And so I got up and I took a shower and I felt a little bit better. Understand, I was at a place where I didn't think I could make it through a shower. Mm -hmm. Took a shower, felt a little bit better. I got dressed, felt a little better. Went to my desk and started preparing for the live stream, 
which I say, okay, God, what do you want? What do you want to say? And the, and the session, and, and so the, the theme for that live stream became pain, opportunity, or obstacle. And that's exactly where I was. And I felt a little bit better. I went and packed, and I felt a little bit better. I did the live stream, and I felt a little bit better. Sheila came home from work, and we began to pack the car, and I felt a little bit better. By the time I got to Springfield, I was okay. Now, that wasn't me. That was God, right? Perseverance with intensity made all the difference in the world. Hearing God say to me, persevere with intensity, gave me the motivation to do what I needed to do. Persevere with intensity. So if you want to pull out your, the sermon outline that's in the bulletin, persevere with intensity. Not just perseverance, but perseverance with intensity. What happens if I don't obey the voice of God and persevere with intensity? I don't make it, right? I cancel. I don't see my mom as I need to see my mom. I, I, and I, not only do I lose out, but whatever God's plan was also loses out. Persevere with intensity. So I believe this was another nudge. You know, and I couldn't come up with an acronym like I usually do, you know, SLO or, you know, all that. Um, so it's just persevere with intensity. But I, so I, I believe that this was another message that God gave to me, another nudge that he gave to me um, that is also for us, that's for all of us, that, I, that is going to be a rallying cry for us as we go forward. Because I, as I've shared it, so I, uh, you know, after I got that and, I, and I, I was shaking my head going, wow, God, you really worked in that. It resonated with the people that I shared it with it, it, more than just, oh, that's a good idea. So, oh, ah, there's some spiritual power behind that. And it's been on my possible sermon list for a number of weeks, but I felt like God hadn't given permission. But I think today's the day. Let's talk about it. persevere with intensity. And I believe that this is important because this is spiritual war tactics. So we, we've talked a great deal about spiritual warfare and how Satan is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. God is trying to bring life and, and help and hope. And here, here is the, the basic ground level, rubber meets the road tactic. The devil tries to get us to give up. That's what, that's what he's after in every way, shape, and form. He wants us to get, get us to give up. God's tactic is just walk in step with me. Just walk in step with me. Give up or keep walking in step. Give up or keep walking in step. Those, that's, that's really spiritual warfare boiled down to its basic essence. There are a lot of other parts to it, facets to it, but that's where the rubber meets the road. That's what we see in physical warfare. If, if, if the enemy can get the other side to give up, they win. They don't even have to be overpowering. Just get them to give up. Some way, get them to give up. So this is, all, I think this is just bigger than me and you and us. It's bigger. Persistence with intensity. 
I mean, perseverance with intensity. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Anybody need a Bible? Slip up your hand and we'll have the ushers run one to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And here we go. Some of the, we may not get to all the scriptures that are in your outline there, but I wanted to put them there to make sure you had them. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You'll hopefully recognize this as the chapter where our memory verse comes from, but I want to start at verse 7 to give you some context for our memory verse. 2 Corinthians, we're remember we're talking about persevere with intensity. Say that with me. Persevere with intensity. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. And the treasure he's talking about is the Spirit of Jesus Christ within us. We have this treasure in jars of clay. The jars of clay are our physical bodies. Jars of clay were very ordinary utensils. They would chip easily. They would crack easily. To show that the, the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Now notice what he says. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying around, in, carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. <laughs> for we who live are always being given over to, the, to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Persevere with intensity. This could be, if we look at it from one angle, a very bleak picture. We're afflicted. We're perplexed. We're persecuted. We're struck down. We're carrying around in our bodies the death of Christ. That sounds bad, right? It's simply an acknowledgement of this, this fragile, temporary body that we have that is a physical container for the Spirit of Christ, for those who are following Christ, that is wearing away, that is being beaten up, that will not last. But look what, how he describes it in every phrase. Afflicted, but not crushed. See, that's the acknowledgement of we persevere with intensity and we win. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. That's what the devil wants us to do. Despair and give up. Persecuted. And it's coming, friends. But not forsaken. Why? Because we belong to him. Struck down, but we're not destroyed. That sounds like perseverance with intensity. Then he goes on, verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. We're representing Christ. We're being the salt and light in this world, knowing that he who raised Jesus from, who, who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. And there's the hope. Ha, that's why we can persevere with intensity is because the hope that we have. Kill me and I get to be with Jesus. If I die, I get to be with Jesus. 
There, there's so many people, we, we have, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how you deal with loss and pain. And there's so many people in all of our lives who we've watched pass away. But for those who belong to Jesus, that's coronation day. That's the reward. It's just that it hurts us who are left here behind. And so he says, that's, that's what we're looking forward to because Jesus is going to raise us from the dead. Verse 15, for it is all for your sake so that as grace extends more and more to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So he's, he's talking to them that he serves, the, apostle, the, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul. He says, it's, it's for your sake. It's for other people. It's not for me. It's for other people so that they can come to know Jesus and it will bring increased thanksgiving and praise to God. God focuses the key to perseverance with intensity. So, verse 16, we do not lose heart. That's a choice. That is a choice. So when I'm laying on my bed thinking I can't make it, and God says, persevere with intensity, at that word, he says, those are your marching orders. Now you have the choice. It's a choice. If I just lay there and continue to whine, God shakes his head and says, oh, you can stay there if you want to. You can lay there if you want to. You can whine if you want to. I got something better for you. Make the choice. And that's the choice. We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away. Anybody want to say amen? amen? The older I get. Somebody told me when you turn 40, every day you wake up, something else hurts. They didn't tell me what would happen at 60. <laughs> Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day day. I'm telling you the last two years, best of times, worst of times. Personally, for all the physical stuff that I've had, worst of times. Spiritually, the best of times. I wouldn't trade it because the intimacy that God leads us to when we allow him to. Then we come that's the context then. And there's, there's more. We could have read earlier, even earlier in the chapter to give it more uh, depth. But then we come to our January memory verse. Say it with me. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that were seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The weight of glory contrasted with the light momentary affliction. No matter how hard this life gets, and it was horrible from a human standpoint for the Apostle Paul. No matter how hard this gets, compared to this weight, all of this life is light and momentary. So let's break it down a little bit. Persevering. To persevere is to endure, not just, not just survive, but to continue on, to be steadfast. And the reality is there are times when we just want to give up. It's too much, God. It's just too much. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this and, and our emotions take over. Physically, we don't feel good. 
mentally, we're just burnt out. Spiritually, we're overwhelmed. And we just want to give up. We just want to give up. To persevere means you just don't do that. Don't give up. So that Thursday, December 16th, was not hospital worthy. But it was hard. Very hard like it has been so often in the previous 18 months. And so God is saying, persevere, push through it with intensity. But it's like on the other shoulder, you got the, the enemy saying, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Stay in bed. Wouldn't it be nice just to be, just sleep the day away. Just stay here. You know, you just curl up, you just watch mindless TV. You could just do something, you know, just, just give up, just give up, just, just give up. You're not sinning if you give up. That's the voice. You're not sinning. You're not doing anything wrong. You're not doing anything horrible. But it's still disobedience. And it's still not best. And it all, listen to me, and it always leads to worse. But you listen to God over here saying, get up, get up, get up. So perseverance wasn't a glorious, heroic thing. It was take a shower. It was get dressed. That's perseverance. Just keep going. It's an action sourced in God's power. It's not, listen to me, it's not as the world talks about just, just, you could do anything, you know, the Disney movies. You, know, you can do anything. You can, you can be whatever you want to be. You just pull yourself up by your own. No, that's not what it is. The truth is you can't. But in the power of God, you can. And so when he says, persevere with intensity, go take a shower, he gives me the ability to turn the water on and step into the shower. And he gives me the ability to get dressed. That, it's his power. It's his strength. That we have, when we obey, we open ourselves up to the power that he wants to. But it requires us to simply obey the next step. So I listed some scriptures there. Here's what he says. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. That's good news. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Persistence or perseverance with intensity. Later on, as he's headed to the cross, he says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Perseverance with intensity. 2 Thessalonians 3.13, as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. Keep going. Just take the next step. Galatians 6.9, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And then in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, therefore do not throw away your confidence, your your confidence is your um, belief and, and faith and connection with God that he really is in control, which has a great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. It's not, none of these are heroic actions. These, none of these are, are movie worthy. They're just take the next step. So here's my definition of perseverance. Put the next foot in front of you. That's it. Just take the next step. Just keep moving and keep taking the next step. 
especially when you don't feel like it. Because here, here's, the devil's not all-knowing, but he can see indications of what God is up to. And so when God has really good things in store and the devil has indications of that, he will up his warfare to try to get you to give up. Because he knows that if you take that next step, you're going to experience something really good. Persevere with intensity. I got a really good story, but I can't, don't have time to tell it. I just wanted to make you long for that, you know. Come back next week. <laughs> intensity. <laughs> oh, we'll be here all day if I tell all the stories that come to mind. Intensity then. Perseverance with intensity. Intensity, if you look up intensity in the Bible, you know what you get? Nothing. It doesn't appear. That word is not there. But God used it on December 16th. So what is he talking about? What was he talking about? He was talking about doing something with dedication, with fervency, with zeal, with earnestness. Um, if you look up at the Merriam-Webster uh, Dictionary, it's extreme degree. To do something with extreme degree. What God was saying is, I don't want you to just make it through. I want you to do this in a way that will bring you out on the other side. Thriving. Not surviving, but thriving. Perseverance with intensity. Say it with me. Perseverance with intensity. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. As you're turning there, my brother said, he texted me, he said, we're going to be watching because their church is shut down because of COVID. So make it good. <laughs> now, the, that humor runs in the family. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12. So George, I hope it's good. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. And let us, what's the next word? Run. Not stumble. Not barely move. Not crawl. Not slog around. But run. That's intensity. That's, that's I've got a goal to go to and I'm going to give it everything that I got. With endurance. That's another word that is often translated perseverance. The race that is set out before us. One step after another that God is giving us to do. The race that's marked out for us. How looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured, persevered, from sinners, such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Intensity. Intensity. Perseverance with intensity. All of those are just strong verbs of saying this. We march not as losers. We march as winners. And then, 
just to emphasize, to persevere with intensity is more small things than large. I've mentioned this several times already. But I want to emphasize it. To persevere with intensity is just getting up in the morning and doing the next thing that God wants you to do. And so much of the Christian life, so much of the Christ-following life are the little things. They're not the heroic things. They're not, you know, we read in the Bible and we see all of the, those highlights, those big victories, those uh, big wins, those times when, those miracles, we, we see those big things. But what we, don't, what we don't see, because it would fill up the whole world, are the times when Jesus was just walking along from place to place following the leading of the Spirit. It was when Paul was on a ship and he's witnessing to the sailors and he's, and he's just waiting for the next storm to kick up. It's the little things. It's the little things in your life. Every moment of our lives dedicated to him. I surrender all, we say, right? Every moment of our lives. Which brings us to what I believe is a God-given spiritual habit that we've been talking about for six or seven months that God gave us in the, last summer during the week of prayer and fasting, knees and nudges, as the lifestyle of persevering with intensity, knees and nudges. It's just a seemingly ordinary practice that has incredible power. So let's talk about it. If we want to persevere with intensity, we need to practice Knees and nudges. Knees. What are, so knees, when we say knees, what we're talking about is starting each day on your knees in surrender and praise. Starting each day on your knees in surrender and praise. It's not just about getting on our knees. It's about aligning ourselves with who God is and what God does. Humility and so um, being on our knees, just being on our knees does not automatically accomplish what this principle talks about. Because there, on this morning, around the world, there are people who are in what we refer to as a worship service who are doing religious calisthenics. And what I mean by that is there, and, and I've been, and I don't know how to do them, but I go to them and there's a, there's a point where Suddenly, everybody's pulling out this thing in, the, in front of them, and they're, then they're kneeling down, and they're saying a, a prayer that I don't know where it's coming from, but they've got it in their mind because they've said it so many times, and then they get back up, and then they'll, they'll stand, and then they'll... And, and many of them aren't even thinking about God. Now, I'm not criticizing. I am not condemning. I'm just saying, you can get on your knees every morning and not be approaching God. So knees is not just getting on your knees. It is about giving God the God place when you start your day. There is something powerful spiritually when you humble yourself before God and you put your body in that position as well. There's some, so I'm going to, Okay, so there's some, when I, so when I'm standing up and then I kneel down, nothing happens automatically spiritually. Knees, it, knees represents my willingness to come before God, physically positioning myself as a servant, as 
as a as below God and physically saying, God, you are my God. So going to my knees says to God physically, I'm, I am your servant and you are my master. There is something powerful, and the Bible talks about bowing before God. There's something powerful that happens when we go to our knees. But it, it, it's, it's this. Notice the second part. Number one, knees, start each day on your knees in surrender and praise. So the practice is this. You get on your knees, and then you, you begin, Lord, I bow before you in praise and surrender. And oftentimes, I start my prayer out this way. Lord, I bow before you in surrender and praise. I worship you as God Almighty, God All-Knowing, God All-Powerful, God All-Present, Creator, Sustainer, Redeemer, Restorer, All-Loving. As You are my Heavenly Father and I'm your Son. You are the Master of the universe and I am your servant. You are the, the God of the armies of God. You are the head of the armies of God and I'm your soldier. You are eternal and I am a dot on the space of time. Lord, I worship you. I surrender to you. I give myself to you. And, and praying like that, even, even as I'm doing it right now, something happens spiritually that aligns us with him. And after you've done it for a period of time, it becomes almost automatic that you enter the presence of God and you sense his presence. And often tears will come to my eyes because he's almighty God. And he honors me by allowing me to come into his presence. And I also learned it's important to keep a Pencil, uh, a pen and, and paper close by. Because as I align myself in that way, God begins to speak. And oftentimes I'll get my marching orders for the day or what he wants me to be thinking about. Somebody I need to call. Sometimes I'll be there on my knees just trying to keep up with whatever, the, because he says, here's what I want you to talk about on Sunday. Oh, okay, you know, I'm trying to catch up. I'm just trying to keep it. Because God loves it when we're in his presence. And I'm telling you, it has become my favorite place to be. Because there is no greater pleasure. And, there, and I, I can be in his presence standing up and singing. I can be in his presence sitting. But there's something powerful about kneeling physically in the presence of God. That God just brings us into his throne room. It does, it's not going to look the same for everybody. For some of you, you got young kids and it'll be like snatching two minutes on your knees. And that's okay. But start on your knees. For some of you, you, you can uh, roll out a bit. So generally what happens with me, well, let me go back. Some of you, you can roll out of bed on your knees and you're ready to go with God. What happens with me, and this is just my personality, is I wake up and, I, and I'm, while I'm still laying in bed, I, generally what happens is my mind goes, God, good morning, God. And then, I, then I, I crawl out of bed and 
uh, kind of hobble down the steps and get a cup of coffee and, you know, look at my phone. How did I sleep last night? Um, maybe, because I get up early, but I get up slow. And it takes me a while to get moving. And if I go to my knees right away, God's going to go, why are you falling asleep on me? I got to get moving a little bit. And so it's usually 30 minutes before I get on my knees. But once I'm there, because when I have kids at home, well, I have the privilege of staying there. Some of you can't, well, it'll be quick, it'll be short, but start the day in surrender and praise on your knees. There's so much that I could say about it because it's become such a powerful experience. Scriptures, I put in your outline there. Is it biblical? Yeah. In the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Ephesians 3.14, the Apostle Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. And then he goes on with one of the great, incredible prayers of the New Testament. James 4.6, He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Bowing before God is a, humble, a way that we humble ourselves before him. In James chapter 4, verses 7 to 10, submit yourselves therefore to God. Physically, by getting on our knees, we align our body with our spirit and our, our soul and our mind and our heart. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Humble yourself. Let laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. And, and so here's what I experienced. Humble yourself before the Lord. Give him honor and praise. And what it means to exalt him, it means he pulls you up to himself so that you begin to experience the pleasure and the joy of being in his presence. But you don't get that unless you humble yourself. And then 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand. At the proper time, he will exalt you. Uh, in my notes, I have right here, it says, read from your journal some entries. We don't have time for that. We'll do it later. But here's what I've learned to do. In my journal, I, I put uh, the letters O-M-K, on my knees. And then I'll, re I'll record in my journal what I hear God saying to me. Because by, and then, then, then every once in a while God will nudge me to go back and read through your journal the last couple of months. And I'll go back and read it and some of what he said back then, he wants me to be reminded of now. He does so much when we're on our knees. Now, I'm going to challenge you. If you resist getting on your knees, other than a physical handicap where you just absolutely can't, if you resist getting on your knees, why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because you don't want to do it. You don't want to humble yourself or you just don't think it's necessary, you don't think it's important or whatever. This is not new. We've been talking about this for six or eight months. Knees and nudges. If you haven't yet gotten on your knees, if that is not a practice for you, why would you not do that when you are approaching the God of the universe who is Almighty God? Why would you not do that with, when the people who he actually appeared to fainted as if they were dead, fell on their faces and worshiped to him because of his almighty presence? I'm going to challenge you. I, 
If you want to experience God, get on your knees. Not because I said so, but because the Bible gives us a model of it. And, and go argue with God about it. You know, ask him, just ask him, do you want me on my knees? And if he says no, okay, I'll accept that. But unless he says no, I'm telling you, you're missing out. You are missing out on so much. Did, did Jesus practice knees? It was his practice in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, to withdraw to desolate places and pray. He got before the Father. It doesn't say he got on his knees, but it does say that he got with the Father in humility. John five nineteen. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of his own accord. In humility, he said, I can't do anything except for the Father. The humility that he had there. But only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. Humility. John chapter 12, verse 49. For I've spoken, not, not spoken on my own authority, but on the Father who sent me, has given me his commandment, what to say and what to speak. Jesus humbled himself before the Father. He gives us that practice. Number two, nudges. Nudges. That means follow God's directions throughout each day. Follow God's um, leading. And it might be through circumstances. It might be through uh, thoughts or messages that he puts in your heart or your mind. Just what, what this does when we get on our knees, what this does, it aligns us with God. It puts us in communion with him. It, it, so oftentimes I'll come it, to my knees and it's like my, my brain is doing fireworks. And I spend time with him and it, it's like he, he pushes all of that away and he lines it and, and, and he just kind of focuses me on what he wants me to be about for the day so that when I get up from my knees... It's like my antenna have gone up so that when the Holy Spirit speaks, I'm ready to hear. It's just a matter of putting ourselves in the place where, where we can hear him. And then going throughout our day, following those nudges. Galatians 5.25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. It's not really big things. It's not rocket science. It's... On December 16th, get in the shower. That's all it is. Just following the next step. Don't eat that, right? <laughs> Turn your Bible to James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. Or, never mind, let me just read it. I'm running out of time. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and then he goes away and at once forgets what he's like. In other words, you, you get on your knees and you see what you need to do and then you just ignore it. Nudges are the path by which we do what we need to do. Did Jesus model nudges? One person thinks so. Did Jesus model nudges? Absolutely he did. Turn to Matthew chapter 3, verses 13, beginning with verse 13. Matthew 13, 
Matthew 3, verse 13. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John, the baptizer, would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus is the Christ. John the baptizer knows he's the Christ. He recognizes that he's holy. But Jesus answered, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. How did Jesus know that the Father wanted him to be baptized? Because he heard him, right? He was in communication with the Father. He nudged, in our terminology, he nudged him. He gave him direction to do, to go be baptized. Then he consented when Jesus was baptized. And here's what happens when we go to our knees and when we follow the nudges, we experience the presence of God. Here's how it happened with Jesus. When he was baptized immediately, he went up out of the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove, the presence and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Because he humbled himself before the Father. He obeyed the Father's nudges. The presence of God shows up. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, over the last two years, this is what myself and others have begun to experience, is the pleasure of the presence of God because we're in touch with Him and we're, we're just following, we're just taking the next step. Chapter 4, verse 1, another time. That Jesus was led up by the Spirit, nudged into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus followed in step with the Father, and the Spirit was part of the vehicle. And then one, one, one last scripture passage that personifies both knees and nudges in Jesus' life. Luke chapter 22. Flip back a few pages to to there, Luke 22, verses 39 to 46. Luke 22, verses 39 to 46. Talking about Jesus, it says, And he went out, and he came out and went as was his custom, as was his custom, to be with the Father, to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, knees, humbling himself before the Father. He gave himself his surrender and praise. And he prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. That is the suffering that he was about to endure. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now, remember what I said when we get on our knees? We start with, Lord, I bow before you in praise, acknowledging who you are, and surrender. Praise and surrender. That's what Jesus does here. Praise, acknowledging Father, you, you are the Father. You know what's best. You know what needs to be done. I surrendered, and I surrender to you. <clears throat> and what happens when we bow and we surrender ourselves to God? God's presence 
comes to be with us. Now, he's always there, but he takes us in his arms or he, le- he, he just brings us to himself. Verse 43, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. Knees, nudges, the presence. Now, did the angel just decide, was the angel up there with God going, I think I'll go down there. No, angels don't do anything except the father tells them. So the father said, go down to my son. Help him. He needs your strength. Do you think God would ever do that for us? Absolutely he would. Whatever you need, whenever you need it, knees, nudges, presence of God. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he arose from prayer, he came to the disciples, found them sleeping for sorrow, and he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter temptation. You ever wonder what might have happened with the disciples if they'd stayed awake and prayed? You ever wonder what might happen in your life if you do knees and nudges? It's not rocket science. It's not heroic. It didn't start heroic with the Apostle Paul or with Peter or with Andrew or Paul or Silas or Barnabas or any of them. It's, it, this is the formula. Surrender, praise, obey, and God works. So what will you do with this? Ignore it. Or just begin to practice. Now, let me... You won't always get it right. It's a journey, and God knows you won't always get it right. I love it when I follow the nudges, but over the last couple of days, um, God brought to mind... Um, some of you may remember Herb and Joan Ball. They're an African-American couple. She spoke and he sang. He's like this. Wonderful, wonderful couple from the Lincoln Avenue Church of God in Pittsburgh, sister church to us. Great friends, wonderful, wonderful people. In the last couple of days, God brought them to mind. And I wrote on my to-do list to call Joan because Herb has been sick for quite some time. And I didn't. Wasn't that I rebelled, it was just that there was on my list with other things to do and I, I got busy with other things. And yesterday evening I got an email that Herb had passed away. And I was, I'm mad at myself, I'm disappointed in myself because I don't know what Joan needed. Maybe she just needed a word of encouragement. I don't know. Maybe I was just supposed to pray. I don't know. Maybe it was to bless me to talk to her one more time before he passed away. I don't know. But here's what I know as I missed it. You're not going to do it always right. But I want to live in this process of doing it as often as I can. And that is a lesson for me. I, I will remember that. And I will change. Would you bow your heads? It's not about doing great things. It's about surrender, listen, and obey lifestyle day after day after day all the way to the end. That's it. So as we talk today, what is it that 
jumped out at you? What has God caught your attention with? Why do you think God got your attention with it? And what do you think he wants you to do in response? Not just something to know, but just but something to put into practice. Lord, I cannot praise you enough for the gift that you've given to us in this practice of knees and nudges. How you open our eyes to practical ways to humble ourselves and surrender ourselves and praise you and align ourselves with you so that we can experience what you have for us. Thank you for the truth that you've given us today. Now I pray for each person that whatever it is that you want them to zero in on and put into practice, you would push them on it. You would empower them with your strength to do it. You would encourage them. And you would let them experience you in step every step of the way. Lord, once again, we acknowledge that you're on the throne, that you really are in charge, that you're working. We give you honor and glory and praise and and we surrender ourselves to you. We just want to be a part, whatever part of it you have for us in being your salt and your light on mission for you. That's, That's what we want. Help us to be the family more and more, Lord, encouraging one another, coming alongside each other, walking in step together and enjoying that pleasure that you've offered to us as well. Lord, we give ourselves to you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.